right, so uh, I started the stream. All of the things are being notified. Everything's making noises. So that indicates that uh, we're good to go here. Holy crap, this thing is huge. I should re redo this thing for the, for the, the chat, but whatever. That's um, what she said. <laughs> welcome to 2005, everybody. Uh, so this is uh, Sports Goose. So this is our 23rd episode, and I'm once again joined here, Francisco, by the uh, my good buddies, Charles and Andrew. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hello. That sounded pretty provocative. Uh, Hello there. Yes. I'm... I'm, I'm uh, into Star Wars memes now, so I should say hello there. Yeah, there's some a lot of trailers coming out. There's a Detective Pikachu one that popped out. I'm like, oh, I am I am way too excited for this. Um, actually giving away special edition Detective Pikachu cards if you go to see the movie in theaters. Um, yeah, I think I'll probably do that. Uh, <laughs> so, guys, long live Pika Pool. That's right, BU Canada. Uh, welcome, sir. Uh, we've got some hockey on tonight. We've got two Game 7s. Boston and Toronto, Vegas and San Jose. Uh, in what's looking to be one of the more interesting NHL playoffs and probably since somebody I mentioned it, probably since the 93 playoffs where that a ton of lower seeds made it to the uh, to the next rounds and there were a ton of upsets. We got two NBA games. Uh, I think one is an elimination game. And be, and then there's a, the 2-2 series between the Spurs and the, um, the Denver Nuggets. And, of course, uh, Major League Baseball, all um, – I think there's – I don't – yeah, I think all the teams are playing today. Or there's 15 games, but one of them is a doubleheader. Or, or two of them are doubleheaders or whatever. I don't know. Regardless, um, yeah, we got we got sports on. So good evening, everybody. We uh, So I, I don't know. Should we start with Charles' surprise? Should we just just jump right into it? Because yeah, the, the hockey hell? game hasn't started. I'm not really like we're still waiting on that. So Charles, uh, we know we, we do our, our, our weekly wrestling segment with Charles. And uh, he's been a good sport about it. It's probably the the highlight of his life uh, because he gets to talk wrestling uh, and just have a complete stream of consciousness pop out. So uh, we're going to introduce our our newest segment, uh, actual graphic, and we're calling it The Cage with Charles. So it's on screen here. Uh, The Cage with Charles. We got the Greco-Roman style font along with the WWE logo, so we will be receiving a letter from Vince McMahon to cease and desist <laughs> for using his, uh, his, his, his copyrights and his trademarks and whatnot, and we keep getting uh, um, copyright strikes on, uh, on YouTube for using all the clips, but who cares? We're not making money off of this anyways. Unless you want to, Vince McMahon, you know. There's always a way, right, Charles? There's always money exactly. out there. So uh, you can always just hire us. It's okay. We'll be part of his social media. <laughs> part of yeah, part of his social media barrage to make wrestling great again. Um, all right. So, Charles, I had sent you a very interesting clip that I need you to explain for me, for the audience, what the heck happened on Monday Night Raw, because that was very weird. Okay. So uh, I'll go into detail as we know as i always preface 
preface every segment that we start out as wrestling is a soap opera. Uh, you know, it's it's mostly men and women in tights beating each other up and dancing and doing ballet and telling a story in between. But part of a soap opera, for those who watch General Hospital, When Life to Live, Port Charles, whatever have you, what name you, whether it was a CBS, ABC affiliation that you like, there's always that horror season, that horror element, especially during Halloween time. And that, I unironically gets infused into wrestling. Um, you have the kind of mythical wrestlers, you have the horror wrestlers, the ones that always stand out are people <laughs> like The Undertaker, Kane, but then you get some mistropes like The Boogeyman, um, they had uh, they had uh, Hornswago, who was a little leprechaun dude, and then we have Bray Wyatt. Now, for background on Bray Wyatt, I actually like Bray Wyatt. I feel that he doesn't get the push that he needs. He has the physical attributes. He's a great charismatic talker. Um, he is the son of former IRS wrestler named by the IRS, Erwin R. Chester, back in the early 90s, because when stereotypes were beautiful, um, he has a brother in WWE, also known as Bo Dallas. So Bray was brought into from development into the main roster about six, seven years ago as a cult leader, playing off like the detective season one kind of feel. And the thing is, his character really ne went nowhere in the last couple of years. He's had some clip fame. He was a tag team champion. He also uh, head up to being a one-time WWE champion, which was uh, a short reign, but it was a good pinnacle for him because it was well-earned in the storyline. So he would do things. He would have his cult figures like Luke Harper, Eric, Rowan, Eric Rowan, Braun Strowman. He tried to persuade people to come to the dark side like John Cena and uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, the guy can act. He can go. But the problem is in the WWE is two things. If you're not someone who can really sell merchandise – or if we can't get you over on a gimmick, you get put on the shelf because there's so many wrestlers, we don't have stuff to do. So Bray, recently before he came in, looked like Mr. Rogers on a psychotic break, um, was... And with longer hair. And with longer hair and a big old jack belly. Uh, <laughs> he was tag team with Matt Hardy. Yes, that Matt Hardy is still around. And they mm -hmm. won the World Tag Team Championships. Matt got hurt. He needed surgery. Things kind of went on the wayside. And Bray, they had nothing to do for him. So typically in WWE, when they have nothing to do for you, they get rid of you. Um, or they don't get rid of you, but they shelve you. So Bray's been out for 10 months. So this was his reintroduction. The last couple of weeks, he had some vignettes. He was, you think he was going back to the creepy stuff, and then they unleashed this whole Chainsaw Love and Massacre tub <laughs> I'm looking at it now. It's on the screen. <laughs> so, you know, I, I personally loved it. Um, but this is their way of reintroducing him. And... If it wasn't anybody else, if it was anybody else, I don't think it's probably going to flop anyway because Vince McMahon has this bad tendency of panicking, but something doesn't go over the minute it happens. But Bray has the in ring skills. You just got to give the right kind of story. And for this to work, you have to match him with somebody else that, you know, fits that role. Right now, it's not going to be Undertaker because God knows I love me to take her. I don't want to take her wrestle right now. He's 52, you can't go. The only guy who might be able to contend to is Alistair Black. He's another kind of like cultish, mythological persona, but he's on a different brand. But this is a way of creative giving a guy to have an opportunity to do something different. But it's also a reminder that wrestling is a genre as well. Sometimes you get your soapy love stories. Sometimes you get your rocky moments. I'm the underdog. I made it there. I try to do what I can. I've been here waiting for my moment. And then sometimes you get your pure slasher films. 
I mean, this is not the, you know, back in the day era, but I would really love it in this era that he comes out with that damn chainsaw scaring people. Like, uh, go, go all in, man. Go all in as if Leatherface. I, I mean, I think it, I, it, it kind of worked because I, I saw it on Twitter. It was actually one of the Twitter moments. That's the yeah, reason I'm like, Charles, explain yourself, please. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, you know, because sometimes, sometimes is these are performers at the end of the day. These are carnies at their best. And you want to appreciate a person who's that devoted. And Bray has the gift for gab. He can be a hoss in the ring. He can let it go. So I'm excited to see him have a moment and then have it absolutely fail because Vince panics. Because this has been Vince the last couple of weeks. Post-Mania love, it was great. And now he's like, oh, crap, what do I do? It feels like the ending of, uh, of what's that movie with Dustin Hoffman and Mrs. Robinson tries to just be the graduate, right? You yeah. know how they're coming mm-hmm. in. And he just stops the wedding, and then everything's all happy-go-lucky, and then they're sitting on the bus realizing, like, oh, what the hell what do we do now for now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it really is sometimes, I guess, like that on wrestling. So that's the Bray Wyatt segment. And then right now in the wrestling world, WWE, they're still dealing with the aftermath of quote-unquote superstar Jacob, where they sent some dudes from Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown on Raw, called NXT people. So now this allows you to have new storylines that kind of build in there, new rivalries or rekindling of old rivalries, and new opportunities for people to succeed. However, as you see on the screen, you'll have guys who are always in the number one contendership uh, conversation end up winning it, and they're going to have it. So what you're seeing, if I'm not on delay, is AJ Styles versus Baron Corn- Corbin. AJ Styles is now number one contender. He beat Baron Corbin. AJ was the face on SmackDown. He was a reigning champion for about you know mm-hmm. most of his time there, two-time champion. Holy crap, there's a guy with a Marlins cap on that show. <laughs> they do exist. And then Baron Corbin, I thought Baron was going to win that match because... I saw that clip. I'm like, that guy's wearing a Marlins hat? The orange Listen, one. You, know, you, you can find your man. brethren, Francisco. You can find your brethren. Um, and then Baron himself, he retired Kurt Angle. That was around your time when you were probably still watching wrestling. Well, yeah, um, I remember. Yeah, I remember him. But, you know, but, you know the... What's good about the old school wrestling is the old school mantra of heat and, you know, getting some heat. By the way, uh, was it Goldust? He also retired, right? Yeah, well, let's talk about that. So as I kind of mentioned in the past episodes, uh, there's something called All Elite Wrestling funded by the Khan family. It is spearheaded by guys who were not in the WWE promotion or had been WWE promotion but left elsewhere. Spearheaded by Cody Rhodes, Goldust's brother in real life, and the son of Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. Um, also brought over from guys from like the Bullet Club and everything. So what happens is Goldust is like 50, Dustin Rhodes, he's not doing anything. He's left w- he's left WWE before to go to WCW, it didn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he was more about a veteran presence. But what's happening is AEW, um, they're looking for TV deals, but they're still streaming pay-per-views. They're not having any weekly matches. They don't even have events yet. They're just trying to get pay-per-views, get the money to show. Like, the rumors have been TNT and TBS, which is ironic because they're the ones who originally owned BCW, the Time Warner. Mm-hmm. But so uh, they were having this whole, oh, Cody Rhodes is going to have a mystery opponent in May at uh, AW Double or nothing. You should watch it. And then you see who it is. And you're like, oh, it's Goldust. I don't really care, man. It's not Goldust. It's Dustin Rhodes. You lose because remember. Wrestling is a story. Wrestling is a soap opera. You could have done a lot of potential with the brother versus brother arc, and now they're just going to have an unannounced match or now an announced match that has no story built into it. 
look, I, I like and respect Dustin Rhodes as Goldust. He uh, had a finisher called Shattered Glass or Shattered Dreams, which when he would put two guys' legs in a turnbuckle and then kick them straight in the testicles. And it was great because he <laughs> wanted to have friends. And he was also known as a very androgynous, weird character. So you talk about Bray Wyatt and his weirdness. Goldust was like the original weird guy in the Attitude Era and how he's willing to commit to it. He would come out in wigs. He would lick his lips. There was a triple threat match between him, the Undertaker, and Mankind. And Mankind's putting the amenable claw on Taker. And then Goldust comes out of nowhere and just starts licking his ear. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was just great. So, you know, we talk about Goldust and committing to a character. Bray Wyatt committing to a character, and that's the thing to remind people uh, for wrestling is that they're taking the bodies, they're being physical, but there's a character, and it's a mindset, and they dedicate themselves to being that when they're a square circle. Okay. So, um, so uh, anything more from from the world of wrestling, Charles? I actually have a question for you. Yes, I will. I will answer the best of my ability. I want to get your take. On Dean Ambrose. Oh yes. Uh, for right. anyone who doesn't know, and I re- barely know, uh, Dean Ambrose. Uh, it seems like he's he's done with the WWE. Um, okay. There was a big pay per view on Sunday, which was called the Shield's final chapter, which is the Shield for those who don't know. See, I do know stuff about WWE. Um, it's a, a tag team of Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Roman Reigns. Um, and apparently Dean Ambrose is done with the WWE, so this was their last ride. So I wanted to get your take, because I've heard some rumors or people speculating that either he's just going to go to another company or maybe this is some kind of long play long played out storyline where he'll eventually come back to the wwe okay so way of background i'm a big dean ambrose fan i love Um, him he he reminds me a lot of the the old kind of like you know the rock and uh stone cold where they were uh larger than life and didn't really make normal sense yes he, he uh, had a Cactus Jack appeal to him because he got his name in the indies out there by doing, like, hardcore matches. Not death matches, but just anything in there that was very extreme. And what happens is when you get signed off and go into the indies, you got to learn the WWE way. You don't look at the cameras. You can't say certain things. You can't say belts. You can't say strap. You can't say this or this. Is, you can't call people marks. It's a lot of uh, structure because, really, it's a, it's a tyrannical reign that is Vince McMahon. But the problem is Vince is a billionaire for a reason because he, he hits lightning when he's hit lightning. Dean hit the crowd the most. He started on the faction with the Shield, with Roman and Seth. Um, he got himself going, and he had a good legacy. Multiple-time IC champion, one-time U.S. champion, multiple-time tag team champion, one-time WWE champion, Mr. Money Event, cashed in on Seth Rollins. They had some good pay-per-views. And what happened was his contract was running up. Mm-hmm. Vince made him this seven-figure... Uh, offer like like I think the rumor was like 1.5 million dollars and they're like oh this is great and then Dean says no thanks so everybody kind of freaked out because they're thinking all right is he going to go to New Japan is he going to go to Ring of Honor is he going to go to All Elite Wrestling because he knew Cody and a couple of guys who used to be WWE events going over there and 
you ask me for my take, and I think the take is that this guy's been doing this not just prof- wrestling professionally for the WWE, but he's been wrestling in the indies for such a long time, 10 to 15 years, I think the body has a wear down on you. And for the wrestlers on the road, they're going 300 days out of the year. And they get injured and he's rehabbing. I think he's just burnt out. I think he's just done. I don't think it's a power play for more money because I think you're paid in the upper echelon where you're making that much cash plus some benefits that come with it. Um, I just think he was done. I also think he hated the creative process. Um, there were rumors that he wanted to leave. And for those who don't know, Roman Reigns was diagnosed with leukemia back in October. He, he beat it. He was in remission. That's great. But they wanted to use the storyline because – Dean turned on Seth, and turning for the wrestling phrase is just becoming the bad guy, betraying your friend. And in the promos that led afterwards, uh, Dean would mention the cancer stuff, so I don't think he felt comfortable um, using the disease as a crutch to propel a storyline, or because maybe he felt it cheapened it, maybe he felt it was a disgrace, maybe he felt it was appropriate, what have you. I think what happened at the end of the day is that he knows he's talented, he wants some creative freedom, and maybe he's just burnt out. So it's not one of those situations where I envision that he's gone forever, I think it'd be a year, two years, and then he comes back. His wife does work for the WWE, Renee Young. She's an announcer on Raw. Um, so there's always an incentive to come back. But I think he just needs his time away. And he did come back from uh, triceps injury, to which he was out for nine months, and he came back around SummerSlam, so August of last year. But there's a difference between coming back from injury because you're yearning from it and then coming back with this enthused, refreshing outlook and realizing that um, it all means nothing you know, because you're not happy with where your story is going as a performer. Um, and you don't like the storylines that they put you in. So what they did was, this was when WWE is smart, because they're like, okay, you're leaving. Everybody knows you're leaving. We're going to infuse reality with the now um, in our storylines and basically build up the whole last time ever. So, you know, there's probably a lot of people who bought the shirts, who bought any kind of additional merchandise, who watched that Shield last uh, stand or whatever it was, small pay-per-view live event over the weekend. I didn't because I already knew it was going to happen. I'm not sentimental like that. Um, and then after that was done, Dean's done. And uh, what they did was Seth is already your reigning universal champion. So for those who are trying to figure out what that means, imagine it as a, your main title holder. And then they put Roman onto SmackDown, and eventually he'll challenge the other main title on that brand. So it's a clean-cut effectiveness. And at the end of the day, it goes to show that, and he said in the interview, Dean did one of those, like, listen, I can't be bought by the billion-dollar man. And I like it. It makes you like him. So when he does take those indie events – Wherever he goes, if he goes to All Elite Wrestling or TNA, God forbid, or anywhere else, you know his reputation, that he's seen it all, done it all. And it's going to help whoever signs him. But I think he'll be back in a couple of years. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> Very thorough. This, this I, is like way over my head. Well, sheesh. <laughs> I mean, it. I, I tend to think that uh, – I don't want to say complex, uh, complex answers, but answers that have a lot of nuance to them. I think those tend to be the correct answer. And I think a lot of people from what I've seen, and I didn't look much into it. They just kind of looked at it in, in one way, just the easiest route. Um, although I think I did hear some people saying that he would go with AEW in particular. So who knows? But if, if this is the end, it's kind of a bummer because he was one of those uh, wrestlers who would break the fourth wall, if you will. Yeah. All right. So that's that was our, our first actual cage with Charles. So 
congratulations, Charles. You have made it. Thank you. Wait till I introduce uh, mini segments in my segment. <laughs> oh, and before seg- we go, seg- segment section, uh, section. <laughs> I actually wanted to, before we go. I just I had this thought in my mind going back to the the thing with what was it Bray Wyatt? Wyatt is his name. Bray Wyatt. Yes. That reminded me a lot of the barbershop segment from the nineties. It's kind of this with, uh, Sean and Brutus. Yeah, kind of this really campy uh, side segment. It has a little bit of that feel, and that goes back to the idea of that, you know, wrestling sometimes has to go a little bit outside of the typical tropes and have things that are unique, and these are guys committed to characters. Bray's now Mr. Rogers with a chainsaw on uh, Angel Dust. So if that can't sell you to watch wrestling, then I don't know what else could. Yeah, I mean, it got people's attention, that's for sure, if it showed up on the Twitter moment. So, all right, Charles, thank you very much for that. Uh, quick score rundown right here. The Marlins are actually winning. Holy crap, it's one nothing against the Indians. Uh, 2 nothing between the Reds and the Braves. The Reds are up. Nothing, nothing between the Pirates and the Diamondbacks. And the same thing for the Orioles and the White Sox. And the Blue Jays and the Giants. Although that's probably not anything anybody Toronto is caring about right now. Uh, neither in Boston because they're playing between Detroit and Boston as well, but I'm pretty unsure there's not people paying too much attention to that. KC and Tampa are so nothing nothing, so is Philly and the Mets, and the Tigers won their first game of the doubleheader against the Red Sox today. However, it is nothing nothing in Game Seven between the Leafs and the Bruins. Thirteen ten left in the first. I as mean, the, we... g- the game just started, so it's, I mean. Blue Jackets scored a lot very early, so... (laughs) It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's just things that could just happen. Uh, But we're actually going to cover that right now because that's where we're moving on to. Also, the the Magic are kind of getting spanked already between the the Raptors and the Magic out in Toronto as well. So a lot of things happening for Toronto. Today, the Raptors can move on with a victory tonight. Then we've got... Oh, yeah, the Nets and the, the Sixers can also move on as well. Okay, so Stanley Cup playoffs, we it's it's been great. It's it's been a great first round. It's it's tr- like the storylines, this the the upset of the Lightning, the upset of the 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 well, not really the, the Penguins as an upset, but still a sweep. Uh, then you've got the the upset of the of the Jets and the Flames, and then we've got. Game sevens between the, right now, tonight, and then another one tomorrow between the Caps and the Canes. And that great series between the Stars and the and the Preds. And uh, the Preds no longer, maybe not being so happy with all their banners now. Uh, that mean nothing, <laughs> according to your name, Tree. But let's start with uh, the Lightning, Andrew. Now, when last time we were here, the Lightning were in the middle of of game, game four, four and uh probably the best game they played of the series mm-hmm. however it was for not the the score what was it seven to three was the final yeah the score the seven to three part was not indicative of the entire game it there was... were there were three empty net goals which i mean i'll be honest i don't know why john cooper i get it one empty net after goal, the second one it's just like i just it's put... like what's the point uh like after, I think after two empty net goals, it's like 
enough. There's no chance of you coming back, uh, especially with the amount of time remaining. I think that last one was scored with six seconds left, so I don't, I don't get what the point was of pulling him, uh, pulling Vasilevsky again, but I don't know. He's the coach, and I'm not. Well, he is the coach, and neither are we, but people have been analyzing it so far. I had mentioned to you that it must really suck to be lightning PR marketing uh, sales right now, social media accounts, because um, there's probably a lot of people not happy. Uh, People were burning jerseys. (laughs) I actually posted on Twitter about that um, to make it look like he's trying when he gets raked over the coals for the sweep later. That's the point. (laughs) And, and he signed a three-year extension in March, just yeah. prior to this. Um, I actually posted on Twitter telling people to not burn their jerseys because it's. And I mentioned this on a previous episode. I think it was on the our hockey special. Our hockey special. You said um, that you'd rather people donate their jerseys and things. Exactly. I mean, Goodwill or Salvation Army or whatever. Like especially you know T-shirts and hats. I mean, people won't really. I imagine won't really use a jersey if it's at Goodwill or charity, but you never know. But, you know, T-shirts, things like that, people can use that stuff. So I find it ridiculous when people burn their stuff or like when, I mean, even Toronto a couple of years ago, not this season, they were throwing their jerseys onto the ice because they were completely just sucking. Um, Uh, Yeah. I'd rather they throw waffles onto the ice. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody remember that? I remember that. I know, but it sounds funny. Okay. Uh, well, Actually, now I got I got to look it up since um, I keep talking. By the way, so I'll look it I, up. I think look that you know, burning apparel and things like that—it's stupid because you donate it, you get the ultimate. I you get the ultimate. Ultimately, you're getting the same outcome which is you are no longer in possession of said apparel um oh was it the green men was it the the vancouver green men uh that's what bu said but i i remember them doing the the waffles um this was back uh probably around that 2011 2012 i think that was the season that this happened uh where some very disgruntled maple leafs fans threw some waffles onto the ice um, in their showing their displeasure for the team. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't quite understand why waffles, but... Uh, maple leaves. Come on now. Uh, that's true. That, that's, that's a good point there. So, okay. Um, so, anyway, my, my apparel <laughs> rant is over. Although it's, it doesn't just apply to Lightning fans. I mean, look what Cleveland fans did when LeBron left the first time and the second time. Pretty much whenever <laughs> whenever like LeBron leaves the city. <laughs> um, I don't think there was much the second time, though. Waffles are still edible. <laughs> and they would actually keep well because they're in a very low-temperature environment. Yeah, they'd be frozen onto the ice. And plus, you can say, hey, I ate mm-hmm. ice that was touched by whatever well, player. Well, remember when um, freaking um, uh, Hammond for the Ottawa Senators, when they went on that amazing run to the playoffs, and he was the Hamburglar, and uh, <laughs> they throw actual hamburgers onto the ice? 
Hockey's great, isn't it? You've got catfish, octopi. You don't get this in basketball or baseball or football where people no. throw random objects onto this playing surface. Yeah, that's that's something. Well, I mean, you've got hats, you've got plastic rats, octopi, catfish, apparently waffles and hamburgers. Uh, hockey, hockey is the wrestling of sports. Soon Ovechkin is coming in with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he probably wants to chainsaw the refs after the last game where he uh, he had that goal waved off because they said that he pushed um, the puck into the net using the goalie. But um, that's for another time. Whatever. The Caps lost. That Everything's good. We got a game seven between the Canes. I'm glad that they did that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we're still breaking down the lightning. So uh, this article on SB Nation, a uh, very good article pointing out the reasons why the lightning uh, – made an early playoff exit and not just the playoff exit, just a freaking sweep. So we've got here their shot chart for their five and five. And it's actually one of the biggest reasons why the lightning couldn't do what they did the entire regular season. As you'll see on the left, you've got their shot chart from the regular season. The red indicates where most of their shots are coming from and where they're scoring their goals. And on the right, you have what happened in the four game series against the jackets on the left you see that the lightning especially right there right in the slot between the circles in front of the goalie they were scoring like crazy um and and also back here closer to the blue line but during the playoffs uh their their shot chart as you can see nothing in that middle section almost nothing maybe a little bit there on the on the on the top left but it's all here in the back where their shots were coming from close to the blue line, just kind of very low percentage shots. Uh, uh, very, and you know, so far away, the goalie can see everything. Sergei Bobrovsky had a fantastic series, uh, 932 save percentage. Uh, he finally came to play, which was one of the biggest criticism against him because he was, uh, always MIA when it came to the playoffs. That's great for you guys, the Florida Panthers, who seem to be the 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 front runner to get him in the off season. If they don't win the Stanley Cup, I I don't know. I, he might stay after all this. Who knows? But uh, what the Blue Jackets did was force the Lightning to shoot from the perimeter. On the right, you can see that, and those low percentage shots out there from the corner, um, uh, low end from next to the net. And you're, those are really low percentage shots. They barely ever go in. So that was one of the things that uh, was a key difference. So the Lightning um, also was the forecheck between uh, that the Jackets employed. The forecheck, if for those of you who don't know, that's basically the pressure that uh, defense uh, puts upon the offense as the offense is moving through the zone. And the Jackets employed a one-two-two defense. Now the Lightning had been flying around all season just zooming past teams using their skill and their speed uh what the blue jacks decided to do was have three layers of defense before they could even get to bobrovsky so rather than going maybe three two or or two three instead of having two layers is one two three and having those each layer be incredibly aggressive against the lightning for those who don't really know what a one-two-two is, uh, soccer fans will kind of understand it. But what that means is uh, they'll have the team will have one player out in front, uh, closer to the offensive zone, or to the what there would be their offensive zone, 
uh, hey Mikey, welcome. Uh, you haven't missed too much, just a bit about wrestling. Um, now we're into hockey. Marlins are up 3 nothing. What the hell happened? Yeah, must be the new hitting coach. That's true. So 1-2-2 two, two is you'll have one player that is up toward the offensive zone. Uh, you'll have two players in the middle kind of dividing the ice and uh, kind of dividing the ice in half um, and then you'll have two players in the back so it's not your typical three two which is so you'll have your first your, basically your first forward in front maybe your center then you've got your other two forwards behind them and then you have your two defensemen and then you have your goalie and what that does if you have two layers uh, obviously it'll be quicker to break through because there's more open ice correct um but what's smart about Uh having a one two two is once you get past that first player there's not a lot of ice to go through um it's i think it's better than the one three one that the lightning used to employ under uh thank you um, which is where, obviously... Who just got fired by the Sens, but right. for obvious reasons. Uh, so that would be one player in front, three in the middle, then one in the back. So one two two is actually a very smart way, because once you get past that first player, you don't have a lot of room to go in through. All right, so that's another thing. The So once again, this one two two uh, defensive setup basically... Uh, funneled the lightning either to go through the corner. They just couldn't use their skill and speed to break through the zone and get to Bobrovsky quickly enough. Uh, I mean, finally, there's one thing that was mentioned is that the lightning off uh, the lightning defense, they they weren't that bad. It, it wasn't that they, especially five on five, it wasn't that they did bad. It's just that the Columbus Blue Jackets forced the lightning to play their style of hockey. And so they're on an even keel offensively and defensively. Now, the issue with the Lightning was the breakdowns. They had breakdowns uh, and and odd man rushes that um, the Blue Jackets just took complete advantage of and also complete advantage of um, Andre Vasilevsky, who, you know, wasn't on his game. For this series, compared to especially compared to Sergei Bobrovsky, so just those are just some of the reasons why the Lightning could not figure out the Blue Jackets and why the Blue Jackets just played everything to a T, uh, especially uh, games two and three where they they didn't even let the Lightning freaking have a chance. Uh, the only the best game for the series was Game Four for the and that was it. That was it. So, so that was the lightning series, uh, Andrew. I mean, you said that you kind of feel all right in hindsight. I told you I was not going to talk about this. <laughs> um, I think considering how crazy and insane this playoff has been, and we'll discuss it a bit more in depth, but there is the potential that only one of the high-seeded teams is going to advance to the next round, and that's the New York Islanders. Although, I think from a historic standpoint, they were the underdogs because the, the 
Penguin's got Crosby, Malkin. Yeah, exactly. And um, Chris Letang, and they've had the the pedigree uh, for the last few years. They're they're the closest thing to – well, they are the dynastic team in the NHL right now, or were. Uh, If you take urinating urinating trees' word for it, they're they're done, which I think is a little bit – a little bit uh, premature to say, uh, while you've still got a crazy amount of talent on the team that knows how to win in the playoffs. But this has just been a crazy playoff season, so I feel a little bit better that the Lightning lost, but not that much. Because <laughs> if you're a 62-win team with a 100-plus goal differential in your favor... Three forty goal scorers. Uh, three forty goal scorers. A guy that had a hundred twenty eight points, and the team had a hundred twenty eight points. You'd expect to at least win one game in the which first is more to, for that the at least the Flames can say that they won one game exactly. Uh, but speaking of that Islanders Penguin series, I I said before my brother in law was very much afraid of the Islanders because uh, Barry Trotz is the Penguin killer. He is he is Batman. He okay. was the Capitals coach last year, and for a few years actually prior to that. But some of the some of the stats that I looked at, I mean, Robin Lehner had a five on five save percentage of nine sixty four. That's absolutely insane. How much he did for that team, uh, and the Isles penalty kill only allowed one goal in that series. Oh, and another difference that I was reading on Lighthouse Hockey, which is the SB Nation blog for the New York Islanders is something that it's very intangible and it's something that the Islanders will not have for the rest of the postseason if they can move on is the Nassau Coliseum because they were playing in their traditional old home uh, where they won all those championships and it made a big difference. It's, it's a tough place to play. A lot of NHL players have said that when that place is rocking, it's rocking and they're going to lose that when they go off to uh, the Barclays Center and uh, after the Brooklyn Nets lose tonight, and it's going to be all for the Islanders. Um, and Wait, I thought all their games were in the Nassau Coliseum. Only the first round oh. will be in the Nassau Coliseum, so now it's over. The rest of the games will be in the Barclays Center, which is, as we know, is part of the worst venues for hockey right now. Even uh, the Stanley Cup Finals? Yeah, even the Stanley Cup Finals. Wow. So that is where they're going to play if they make it all the way over there. That's crazy. All right, so that's the Islander series. Uh, last night, I watched the entire Stars-Predators game. Great series. I can very much tell you, and the Boston Bruins have scored the first goal right now, 531 in the first. So they are up one nothing. Um, yeah, they're splitting up their home games in general until they open up that new arena next to the um, the Belmont Stakes. Um, okay. The, the that game last night, overtime, that series, four of the six games were one goal games. Great setup for the Winter Classic next season. Uh, there's there's clearly some bad blood now between these two teams. Uh, you had the one of the more interesting uh, storylines for that was um, I don't know if anybody remembers him. Of course, you should. Alex Radulov was a former Predators. Uh, player and there was that he actually left the team twice to go to the KHL 
And lo and behold, he comes to this series. He's the villain of the series for Nashville Predators fans. And he has an amazing series. Uh, already, if if the stars move on, he's, he's a Conn Smythe candidate because he had four goals in the six games. Uh, Jamie Benn also uh, very much had a great series, uh, very disciplined. He did a lot of great hitting but didn't overdo it to, to, to get penalized. He scored six points in the six games, so he's a point per per game player as of this point of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then uh, something I had mentioned to you, uh, I don't know if the Lightning are kicking themselves for this, but Ben Bishop, who has gone through this before, 945 save percentage, and once again, four of the six games were one-goal games, so that was absolutely huge for the Stars. As I was saying before the the show to francisco i can't i don't want to say that we're kicking ourselves um you know when we traded ben bishop don't get me wrong it it hurt because he's a great goaltender uh but we had a very good backup in andre vasilevsky who took it to a whole new level this season and again i'm talking about the regular season not the playoffs i just want to make that clear we stunk up the joint. But Vasilevsky was a very good backup, and he showed that not only is he, that he can hold his own as a, as a first-line first goaltender, the number one goaltender, um, I think it was just unfortunate that he had just a very bad... Well, he had a very bad postseason, but his team didn't do him any favors either. Uh, so I don't want to say that we're kicking ourselves because we couldn't have foreseen that Ben Bishop was going to go on an absolute tear. Uh, but more than that, we couldn't have imagined that Vasilevsky would be uh, not great. I mean, it still hurts, though. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like if we had Bishop and Vasilevsky, even you know, splitting the... I mean, that, that was unsustainable. I, I was just saying... From a you know from a fan perspective, man, oh man, we, I mean, but you had to go with the younger guy. So it's uh, now Bishop is doing well in 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 Dallas. Dallas finally has a good goaltender that can actually push them forward. Um, and I, I'm happy for for Ben Bishop. I mean, uh, we had the whole Bish please campaign when he was here with us. He was a great guy, great goaltender. Um, great person just to be around on the team so i'm i'm happy for him you know it's he's a former bolt and he didn't burn any bridges when he left uh so yeah i i'm 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 happy for him that he's being successful and he's on to the second round so but again i like to think that i'm a bit more of a level-headed fan Someone who wouldn't go ahead and burn their jersey <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so that's just my opinion, though. I can't yeah. speak for the entire fan base. All right. So uh, then you had the Flames and the Avalanche. I don't even know what the heck happened to the Flames. Uh, that was incredibly disappointing for them. And the same thing for the Winnipeg Jets. But um, what what I am glad about is that it knocks out two of the Canadian teams. So, so far, the only one left standing are the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Bruins are up one nothing, And I have a thing where I like seeing the Canadian teams not win the Stanley Cup. I like this, this, this drought that they've had since 93. In fact, 
you could say since the Florida Panthers entered the league, none of the teams have won the Stanley Cup. So it might be us. Maybe we are going to be forever cursed to never win the Stanley Cup, but it also means none of the Canadian teams will win the Stanley Cup. Right. Um, and the 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 Maple Leafs, they haven't won since the 60s. 1967, baby. Since the league expanded from 6 to, to 12. So they cannot win in a, in a league that has more than six teams. Well, they might have won it before the original six era happened, but, you know, whatever. Who cares? That was back in the, the 20s and the 30s and the 40s when people were fighting wars and having, you know, uh, freaking uh, depressions and stuff. All right, so uh, next, uh, I mean, we've got the game seven between the Knights and the Sharks. I had predicted the Sharks to be the Western Conference champion, but it's not looking so hot right now. They finally showed up to play for for the last game, but who knows? It's game seven. They're probably going to go to like double overtime, and the Knights will probably find a way to win. Who knows? But um, all right. And then tomorrow we've got the Canes and the and the and the. And the Caps, I saw the whole Even game for Las that one Vegas as well. Says BU. I, I saw that whole game last night as well. Um, man, freaking uh, Justin Williams, that that um, that Jordan Stahl goal. The Canes, I didn't think they'd make it this far. They've they've surprised us. I thought the the Capitals would dispatch them in like five games, but lo and behold, we're at a game seven for tomorrow and. And uh, I can't wait. I'm hoping that the Caps lose because I'm really enjoying this this ride. But I, I also made the prediction that the Caps would repeat. So if they win this game, I, I would feel much more strongly about that prediction if the Caps beat the Canes. Uh, because then it's they because they, then from there the road would be uh, looking at the bracket now. And this is this is also the weird thing about this playoffs. We have to figure out the brackets all over again because it's like, who's facing who now? Um, but so the Jackets are only waiting for either the Bruins or the Leafs. Uh, they are they will not have home ice at all throughout the playoffs. Uh, unless they face the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> that would be the only scenario where the Jackets would have home ice in the playoffs. The Islanders are just awaiting either the Caps or the Canes. The Avalanche will be awaiting and be heading off to either Vegas or San Jose after tonight. And we already have the first actual matchup between the stars and the blues out in St. Louis. They will have home ice for the next round. So that's, that's what we're waiting on for the Stanley cup playoffs. Um, I think that the, yeah, I looked it up. The stars and the blues are going to be, is the only set, uh, only set right now set series and you said this is like their 13th or 14th time matching up against each other this would be the 14th um does that I, and does that include when nothing the, bruins oh gosh oh boy so it's looking like columbus might be heading to boston and another good boston team gosh darn it man the i i, I kind of feel bad for maple leafs fans because the the Bruins have been the equivalent of the Penguins to the Capitals over the past few years. They had that epic collapse in the, the other postseason series. If you that remember. was really bad. But this, 
this looks... Unless the Leafs find a way to turn the tables and create their own epic collapse for the Bruins, which would then start a chain of all Boston teams starting to suck after that. Like I... Kyrie would just, you know, his leg will blow up and then, you know, the Red Sox will start losing, which will make Charles happy. And then Tom Brady, I don't know, has a weird motorcycle accident and no longer has to play. You know, <laughs> just hoping that Boston sports just starts to suck very soon. I I I know BU's from the area, so <laughs> he probably doesn't like that. But whatever. <laughs> you guys have had it too good for too long. It's tough to be a asshole. <laughs> it's tough to be a Miami fan right now. All of our teams are either mediocre or awful. He's he's, he's talking about the insufferability. Um. Toronto thing yeah I mean oh, no Toronto is that's my that's my other thing with this series like it's either the Boston team wins and it's like ah oh, crap another good Boston team or the Toronto Maple Leafs who always plan the parade for the Stanley Cup before every season starts they the so the quote-unquote center of the hockey universe which of course yeah the Hockey Hall of Fame is there um, and all that stuff. They have the, the freaking NHL war room is over there. Uh, NHL network radios there and stuff like that. But, you know, the Leafs having been like, they haven't even made it to the Stanley cup final since 67. They haven't even played for the darn thing. Even the Florida Panthers have done that. This film exists. Uh, let's, it's called, let's all hate Toronto. All hate Toronto. It's a Canadian, Canadian documentary film co-produced by independent documentarian, Albert Nirenberg and Rob Spence. You know what? Screw Toronto. Yeah. Screw Toronto. Screw, screw the Maple Leafs. Screw the Raptors, you know, who are up 47 (laughs) to 29 on the magic at this point. You guys aren't going to have Kawhi. He's, he's bolting for the LA Clippers after this. (laughs) This, if we were a, a real radio show or whatever, we would have some of we would have little sound clips we could play, and one of them would definitely be the Kawhi Leonard laugh. Eh, eh, <laughs> eh, eh, eh. Okay, uh, so yeah, the all right. So that's anything more about the Stanley Cup playoffs? Did we cover Any... all? Get Jeff Goldblum to play against the Raptors. <laughs> 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 okay um i think we've we've covered all of the, the we've, yeah again. we've briefed through the series um oh there was a the the gagarin cup is over well we didn't we didn't did we cover the st louis series or well, the the well i i personally hate the winnipeg jets <laughs> but that's just me i i call them the loser peg jets i just personally hate the winnipeg jets ever since they left atlanta uh, because their fans got really arrogant and annoying after that. So the fact that the Jets also have failed, both iterations of the Jets have failed to even make the Stanley Cup Finals also brings me much joy. So I'm glad the Jets have lost. Uh, should we cover the just briefly the AHL and ECHL series before we get to the, the, the Gagarian? Um, I mean, I, I just wanted to briefly mention them uh, real right. quick. We've got nine minutes until our halfway mark. <laughs> But yeah, the the other um, playoffs, for the minor league playoffs for for hockey are going in the AHL, the ECHL. Interesting about the ECHL though for Florida. Yes, so there are three teams in Florida. It's the Jacksonville Icemen, the Florida Everblades, which are based out of 
um, Estero, which is basically Fort Myers. Thank you. Um, and then Orlando Solar Bears, um, Florida, and they haven't the ECHL has a very different uh, playoff system where the they have 16 teams but it's four teams from each division the top four teams um and then they play their way through (laughs) god damn it oh i love that it's on screen for all posterity (laughs) oh boy um I'm so glad I changed the font and everything. Too. It's like nice and bold and huge. That's what she said. Um, anyway, uh, so so it's four teams, four, top four teams from each division. They play their way through. So the division final, quote unquote, which is the best team from the division, is the equivalent of the conference semifinals in the NHL. Anyway, so... The three Florida teams are in the same division. Florida and Jacksonville played in the first round. Uh, Florida won four to two. Orlando and South Carolina were the other series in that division. Orlando won four to one, which sets up an all Florida division final. Just to be used point, I think a lot of people are hoping the NHL restructures their playoff system. I totally agree, BU. Come the I new totally CBA. Agree. I, I absolutely totally agree. Um, it's it has a similarity to the March Madness bracket, which I love. Um, that's just me though. I like that system. So anywho, um, yeah, F- Florida and Orlando are in the are in the division final. I forget who is the who is the higher seed. I think it's Florida. Uh, but any event, I. I this is basically the playoff version of which is the better team in the state. Uh, Florida eliminated the other Florida team. Um, and then it's just the two remaining teams to duke out who is going to go to the conference final. Okay. So it says, he says that the Everblades are the higher seed in that series against the solar bears. Florida is the higher seed. Yeah. yeah. So, Okay. Um, and the AHL playoffs is just starting up as well, right? I think the Lightning have reassigned some guys down to their their team out in Syracuse. That's funny. Um, yeah, so it's I see right here. I'm trying to find the bracket for this, but you see the ECHL and the AHL freaking website have, are just really freaking annoying, and and and. And even their apps are, are, are really bad, so I, it's hard to follow. I, somebody needs to redo it. Okay, maybe they should hire me. Hire me to redo it, or just copy and paste the NHL one. I don't get why yeah. they they you know make this all convoluted and weird. But there's a schedule up there on the on the top. I had to do the wiki for ECA. Exactly. I mean, their website is just awful, uh, but it's up there for everybody to see, and it's awful gory. Um, something, <clears throat> and just to briefly touch on the AHL because we still have. Uh, the Russian playoffs to get to um, something I found interesting. So they're very early into the Calder cup playoffs. There are eight series, obviously. So 16 teams uh, of the team of the series that have played two games, which is six of the eight um, all, but uh, one, two, 
No, no, there are four series, whatever. But basically, a lot of the series, more than average, are tied one-to-one. So I found that kind of interesting. So, okay, so the Gagarin Cup, uh, CSK Moscow won, correct? Correct, and I believe that's their first Gagarin Cup win. Okay. Uh, They're a relatively young team, though. Um, Found it. No, actually, I take that back. Uh, Well, they're old. They started back in 1946. They've only been in the KHL since 2008. Um, They, just interesting, they play in the very uniquely named CSKA Arena. Yeah. All right. But anyway, uh, CSKA Moscow are your pretty sure 2008 was when the KHL was founded. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. yes, it was because the KHL is actually a fairly new league, um, and they celebrated last season their their tenth anniversary. So, and something interesting, Cisco Moscow. Um, it's it had previous affiliation with the Soviet Army, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it was like the Russian Super League or something like that. Uh, yeah, probably. I think that might have been the name of the previous league that BU's m- mentioning right here. The Soviet Championship League, which ran from forty six to ninety two, which I think that's when the Soviet Union dissolved. Um, yeah, that was the top flight back then. Thank you, BU. CSKA stands for Central Sports Club of the Army. Nice. Okay. Okay. So that's our. That should be our hockey talk, right? Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah, that's we've all. covered the the main ones there. Okay. So we've got a couple minutes of downtime. I just need a two minute conversation with you guys. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Absolutely not. Charles. Yes. It, oh, Willie. What the hell is going on here? What you said? Yes. A hot dog is technically a sandwich. Oh no! He's you gone. Take a hot dog is a sandwich. Okay, Charles, explain yourself, Mister Big Shot Lawyer. Argue your you case in front of the Supreme Court. How do you how do you build how do you build a sandwich? You have two slices of bread, right? Ideally, but, or a loaf of bread, and you cut it up, right? Okay, but there's no two slices. It's a bun. You can it, it kind of okay. opens up, but it's it's so, not uh, it's not two slices. It's it's one okay. entire so, object. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do two things to mess up your life completely right now. You, you ever? Bl- I'll do one. I'll I'll do the easy one. and I'll do the one that hits to a lot of people's soul. So you ever order a sub at Publix, Jersey Mike, Subway? Mm-hmm. I know where this is going. It's okay. one continuous okay. roll, right? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There, there you go. It's just a roll on steroids. You know, first and foremost, you know, you cut it up, you open up the bread, you fill whatever you want in there. I think onions are disgusting. People put in onions. Onions are part of a sandwich. You put in all these kinds of meats and delicacies and cheese. I can cut up the hot dog bun, put the hot dog, which is a meat, put the condiments in there, mustard, ketchup, which usually doesn't go on with sandwiches, but people are weird, any kind of sauce, dressing, you know, salt, pepper, whatever. So there's that easy argument. You're welcome. Bun on steroids. And here's the other argument, the one that's going to hit your soul. You ever been so poor that you can't really afford a hot dog bun because it makes no sense that a hot dog package has like <laughs> eight and a hot dog bun that's six and you want to save your money so you just buy your 99 cent uh, Wonder Bread and just you know make a single or a double with the bread right there you know 
What like you roll? Okay, so you have the actual sausage link, and okay, I don't feel like going to Publix right now or whatever. Um, there's a slice of bread here, and you know, Wonder Bread, whatever, regular old slice of bread. All right, I could just fold it, and it's kind of like the bun. Is that what you're making the argument about? Yeah, that's not a way. Because you know, I know people who just do peanut butter uh, on one slice. But it's still not a sandwich in the same sense because it's still one single thingy, and. I can agree with Mikey on the idea that, oh, we're talking about wraps or burritos. I'm reading as we're going. But uh, <laughs> before we go down that rabbit hole, bun steroids, <laughs> if you're going to say that a foot-long sandwich. But a wrap's not doing, sandwiches? It, it, but I don't consider a wrap yeah, a sandwich, I don't, though. I don't consider a wrap a sandwich. But no, no, we're not talking about wraps. Before I go into that, I'm talking about, like, the uh, the hot dog bun okay. and, then, like, the, the sandwich that you get at Publix and all that other stuff. Okay. Versus if you're going to if you're gonna classify a caste system of bread, mm-hmm. then I got beef with that one. I can't do that one. <laughs> I can't use that the term beef. Mind. That's funny. You know, we are, we, we're all human beings, you guys. We are all kind of yeast-filled bread. Let's just love each other. Because then we're going to create discrimination because we're going to be haughty. And we're going to be like, oh, you are the butter bread from Sara Lee. Oh, no, you are the butter. You are the bread with fry. Maybe bread shouldn't have the pump. We all know we should be using potato rolls anyways, right? Yes. Potato bread is always a good option, yes. Um, you know, so that's my contention. Now now we went down a rabbit hole at the TV. Oh, well, Andrew, since you said no, please, you know, for representation of the bread, of why hot dogs are not a, a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you want my take on it? Yeah. Uh, this is very unlegal. Uh, well... Mm-hmm. An unlegal, not a very strong legal. Uh, Don't worry. Argument. This is this is the court of law that Mario was sentenced to in Super Mario Sunshine. Right, but Charles just made a great argument, a legal argument. So I feel like I should be. These are the questions that keep me up at night. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just this is. Um, actually, I can sort of bring legal argument into this. Uh, the Supreme Court, uh, one of the justices, when talking about what is considered indecent, um, whether it's porn or something like that, one of the justices, I forget who it Pouring is. pineapples on pizza. You know. Exactly. He said, I'll know it when I mm-hmm. see it. So a very strong legal argument from a Supreme Court justice. Yes, Charles, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so this is one of those instances where I know a sandwich when I see it, and I don't see a sandwich in a hot dog, but I want to kind of take this in a, a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole, if I may. The state of Colorado, their definition of a sandwich in Articles 47 and 48 of Title 12 of CRS, which I don't know what that is. A sandwich is defined as single-serving items such as hamburgers, hot dogs, frozen pizzas, burritos, and chicken wings. That is Colorado's definition of a sandwich. Colorado has actually stated that that is the definition of a sandwich? Correct. Um, and, and you know, they got to know what they're talking about because that's... that's, that, that's Exactly. 
I knew people. Colorado, exactly. Um, Colorado. Mikey just brought this up. Um, a Massachusetts mm-hmm. judge settles debate by and this is from 20 in the 2006 wow um, a Colorado judge uh, says that a burrito is not a sandwich of course not a burrito Panera, is not a sandwich Panera Bread argued that a burrito is a sandwich but a judge said no, ruling against Panera in its bid to prevent a Mexican restaurant from moving into the same shopping mall. Panera has a clause in its lease that prevents... Why would Panera Bread even think that? <laughs> These people actually make freaking sandwiches. I know. Uh, Panera has a clause in its lease that prevents the White City Shopping Center... And again, this is from 2006. Um, White City Shopping Center in Shrewsbury uh, from renting to another sandwich shop. Panera tried to invoke that clause to stop the opening of a Cadoba. Uh, but Superior Court so, Judge. I mean, okay, Panera, first of all, you're in Colorado, so there's going to be tons of Mexican restaurants all over the place. Well, so, what is, the hell are you guys doing? This is doing? in Massachusetts, okay, this case. Well, okay, this is Massachusetts. But either way, I mean, it's a Mexican restaurant. They're not serving freaking. I don't even. I haven't eaten at a Panera bread since 2009. So I, I don't even know what they sell anymore. You remember the exact year that you last went to a Panera Bread? Yeah, I was at Florida State. There was one across the street next to the Publix, and then I figured out what pub subs were, and that was over from there. Oh, yeah. I don't know. They have very good broccoli cheese soup. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. All right. Um, Colorado law says bars are required to serve sandwiches and light snacks. So they used a very broad definition of sa- of sandwich to to fit that I mean if you were taking the time to go through all that trouble to define what a bar had to serve I think it would take a little not that much extra time as, as the yeah as the completely impartial judge here right since I posed the question <laughs> I'm on the side of uh, a hot dog is not a sandwich so <laughs> Charles will be sentenced to clean up an entire Isle Delfino with only a jetpack of water like in Super Mario Sunshine. You, you ready for that, Charles? All <laughs> he's, I know he's, is... He's AFK. No, <laughs> wait, 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 Mikey. The, the, the... <laughs> What's the definition of is? is? <laughs> uh, well, I, I agree with BU. Uh, if you're going to go through all that, pizza is not a sandwich. I agree. And I think everyone would agree. Um, but... So two questions here. Well, two comments. One, BU, I totally agree. If you're going to go through all that trouble to list all that stuff, just call it a single serving food item instead of a sandwich. That's one. Two, Mikey, the, uh, was it Mikey? Who was it? It's like, oh, crap. We're going way down this rabbit hole. It's It's a calzone wrap. The horror never ends. (laughs) Uh, I do think that a calzone is a wrap. Um, and BU, the the Massachusetts case was referenced in Fallout 4. Wasn't there an episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza had to get one for, for George Steinbrenner? I think so, yeah. <laughs> you, know who would, you know who would know that answer? Uh, what's his name? Flap. Oh, freaking uh, Professor Grossman. There yeah. we go. He, uh, he, t- he must love those Jets jerseys, by the way. FIU law has this uh, pre-bar prep class that you're required to take 
are basically required to take at the end of your last year. Um, and he is a huge uh, X Files and Seinfeld fan. The gross daddy lives on. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> okay. Whoa, we have gone way over our one hour mark, actually. But this was a fun conversation. I oh no, it. we could keep going with it. Actually, we could just we we just be you know food goofs if you want. Yeah. Uh, all I right. think we should take a small break here, guys, and we promote the products and things and hot dogs and sandwiches and whatever. Every week, um, I don't know who wants to start. Not sure. Um, Charles hasn't started in a while, so I'll, I'll okay. throw it to him. Well, Alrighty. To, I, I think this is very apropos because here we are talking about sandwiches and pizza and what is what and what isn't. And uh, you know what? My uh, non-sponsor sponsor week is something that goes in my gut because when I want to use bread effectively, I got to use bread. And when I'm using bread, I think to myself, what's the best sandwich I can make? And the best sandwich I can make with bread is a hot dog. So my non-sponsor sponsor is going to be Doom Dogs, mm. a restaurant mm. that's in South Florida. I don't know how far south South Florida. We recently got one in Martin County. Um, they are a franchise that focuses on hot dogs and other goods they provide i believe nathan hot dogs they're pretty cost effective the food comes out quickly i like the atmosphere i've been there twice i had like a a new york dog and a couple other stuff it's pretty filling i like it and you know what if you have to ask yourself if i really want a hot if i not even a hot dog you guys if i really want the greatest entity of a sandwich let me go get a hot dog at Dune Dogs. I think you'll enjoy it. If not, you can always just go buy a Nathan's. But my non-sponsor sponsor is uh, Dune Dogs for the hot dogs they serve. Promo code, the realest sandwich in the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll let you go next, Francisco. Okay, so my non-sponsor is, uh, is a, 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 a market establishment called Aldi's. Uh-huh. So um, I I don't have much money after I pay off my student loans. I am basically poor. And uh, yes, I, I am a lawyer, but I am a very poor lawyer at that. Okay. I'm Matt Damon in that one movie. Um, so uh, with Danny DeVito. So I go to a supermarket. Look, I can go to Publix and Publix is fine. They have their deals and stuff, but sometimes they can get a little expensive. If you, if you know, you start going a little crazy after that. Uh, yeah, I might Damn have to Charles. be a. Uh, I might have to, you know, be an Orlando Solar Bear and and, Damn it, Charles. and uh, or I could just be an Orlando Easter Bunny and just be people up on the streets. You know, I could just do that as well. Um, <laughs> but by the way, that guy is wanted in New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> so so he's 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 the hero we, Orlando deserves, and but maybe not the one it needs. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, all, I, all I know is um, <laughs> I, I stay in touch uh, via Facebook with a lot of my Orlando friends. I'm from there originally uh, before I moved down to Miami to go to law school. And everyone is just loving this whole Easter Bunny thing, although I'm sure uh, things are going to change a little bit when they once it gets out that this guy was uh, has a, is wanted in New Jersey. and is just, He's got a pretty significant rap sheet. But it adds to the it adds to the kind of general sense that Florida is the United States's uh, sewage dump. Uh, all of the weird shit and and ne'er do wells somehow filter down into Florida. It continues is, the Florida man mythos. Oh no question. Th- this this is right. Uh, well, 
I don't know if you consider this Florida man because look, well, we, I guess he lives in Florida. I mean, now. a Floridian. The definition of a Floridian, I, like I don't even like it. It's it applies to anybody who just decides, you know what, this is where I'm gonna make my my life from now on. Mm-hmm. Whether they're born into it or they just decide to live here for whatever reason, we all become Florida men at that point. And actually, he's from Zephyr Hills, so that is Florida. Um, so yeah, this is a very much Florida man type story. No jurisdiction dictates he is the Florida man. <laughs> Thank you, Charles, for that uh, that that civil procedure thing. I I already hate <laughs> Professor Foley already. Um, okay, uh, so continuing on, Aldi's has a great selection of food. Uh, they they have their own generic brands, which is why things are on the cheap. I think they're a German company that has spread out all over Europe. Actually, in in UK, they actually have a program where you can bully your kids to stop playing video games. So, so okay. So in Aldi's, the Aldi's in UK, they're like a huge supermarket out there. Okay, out here they're just starting to they're starting out and all that stuff. But in the UK, um, to get for some reason to get kids to you know put down their Fortnite and come downstairs and actually eat dinner with your family, they are using a program where they will recruit, I guess, really elite gamers to go online and face off against your child and beat the crap out of them in Fortnite or Call of Duty or Super Smash Brothers so that they can go downstairs and stop playing and, you know, talk to the, to the, to the parents who don't want to do actual parenting. It's, it's completely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you know, online gaming, you can't just put it down when you're in the middle of a game. You can't press pause. I mean, freaking people are shooting at you. So... Uh, whatever. But anyways, Aldi's in the U.S. doesn't have that, but they have a bunch of great stuff. They had this stir fry that I bought, this generic stir fry, but it was really good. I just put it in my freaking air fryer and I put a bunch of crap in it, put some chicken in there, and boom, I had a great meal. And all that, I bought like, I don't know how much food for like 80 bucks, but it, it, it'll last me for like two weeks, especially because I scavenged by the end of it and I'm like a, <laughs> I'm like a freaking vulture or a California condor. <laughs> a little call back to our hockey extravaganza uh but yeah aldi's is absolutely great um yes the u.s aldi yeah kind of basically trader joe's yeah exactly um uh they don't uh you have to pay to use the the shopping carts but it's just like a quarter you stick it in and you can right. pull it out and then they've got they don't have plastic bags which is nice and environmentally friendly they sell the reusable bags so they're very eurocentric and there's a lot of them here in miami which is great there's one close to my house that's the one i go to and i just love shopping there it makes food cheap and i can eat good food so uh, promo code um yeah and i could actually buy hot dogs with you know buns that are not sandwiches out there so just to make mm-hmm. a point uh, <laughs> so promo code um uh bullying your kids Alrighty, i like that promo code um my for once and this is this is on par with the rareness of having doug in an episode um or uh, no, no, Cesar. Cesar, that's a bit more accurate. Well, actually, he might actually be here in person next month. Really? Yeah, so we might actually have him here on the wow. show here in person. It would be the first time that we've had a, th- a three-person uh, sports goof show yeah, I'm have to in person. buy another microphone. Yeah. Um, side non-sponsorship to uh, Blue Microphones, uh, who are the micro- which is the microphone that we use in the show. Anyway... 
My non-sponsor of the week is 105.9, which is the classic uh, classic rock radio station in Miami. Uh, about a month ago, um, I was just sitting out in the middle of a parking lot. Or let me tell you the reason why I'm, they're my non-sponsor. They, just loitering. Loitering, yeah. Um, I won two free tickets to the Aziz Ansari show in, let's call it Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Uh, well, technically. It's Broward in, County. Right. You know, where the it's, Panthers play. It's technically, I think, in Hollywood. Um, yeah, they, I think they technically say they're in Hollywood. Right. But it's basically it's in Fort Lauderdale. Anyway, uh, I was just uh, parked out in the middle of a parking lot waiting to pick someone up. And uh, on the radio was uh, Doc Reno, who was there um, early to mid-afternoon uh, person, a personality on the radio. Really cool. Uh, announced that they were doing, they were giving away two free tickets to the Aziz Ansari show on April 20th and caller number 10 would get the tickets. I have terrible luck with any sort of things like this or any sort of giveaways, whatever. Um, so I was just sitting there mulling. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to call. What's the harm? So I call and by the, by the stroke of luck, I was the 10th caller and you know, it was awesome. I I was honestly kind of surprised someone picked up the phone and I've done this before. And the person just quickly, almost at the speed of those people that announce the, the little uh, disclaimers in commercials where Mm -hmm. they're talking at a hundred miles per hour. Usually they'll say like, we're sorry, you were not the 10th caller. Goodbye. And they, and then they hang up. But the person picked up and I and said, hello. And I said, hi, who is this? And he said, it's Doc Reno. And you're the 10th caller. It took a lot for me not to say, holy shit, I won. Um, because I knew that there was the possibility I might end up on the radio. <laughs> because they, they tell the people or they should play a clip of the person. Uh, but it was great. You know, um, I got to talk to him. I said, you know, it's a, it's a pleasure getting to talk to you. I listen to you all the time. Um, and he said, thank you. And he saw my area code, which is 407, which is Orlando. That's what the seven second delay is for. That's true. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know to be nice and to not curse on the radio. Only on this show. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, so he asked me what I'm doing down in Miami, and I said that I was I'm here for uh, I moved here for law school and haven't left. Um, and he said, I, "I kid you not." He said, "I have a lot of respect for you getting through that." And I was like, "Wow, Doc Reno just gave me a compliment. That's really cool." Um, so we had a nice couple of minutes chat. He told me, you know. Uh, you'll be hearing from the marketing department in a little bit. And, uh, about a week ago, I get the call saying your tickets are ready. So I head on over to the iHeartMedia complex, mm-hmm. which is, um, out nearish Davie, um, which is a suburb of Fort Lauderdale and picked it up. The people were really nice there. Um, 
and I had a Francisco and I went. We I I had a fantastic time. Oh yeah, no, it was great. Um, they're renovating the whole Hard Rock Casino. Well, we can talk about that another, another time, time when they finish it. But the show itself was great. His opening act was pretty funny, and right. Aziz himself was actually really really funny. I'm glad I got to see him as another one of the comedians that I've been able to see. Yeah, in my life, he he picked up on a lot of. I I think he's watched him before because there was a lot of things that he picked up on a previous reference or whatever. And I didn't know. So, but in any event, you know, I had a lot of fun and I just want to thank again, uh, one Oh five nine for, well, I want to thank myself for, um, <laughs> timing it correctly to get to the 10th call. Uh, but more importantly, I don't want to thank big one Oh five nine for, uh, doing the contest, uh, for doc Reno being so nice. Um, and for the people at iHeart at the iHeart Media Complex for being nice and chatting with me, they were really pleasure to be around. Um, so that's my non-sponsor of the week. I know that took a while, but I had a lot to say about it. Um, I think it makes up for the two-second quips I say whenever I'm trying to make something up at the last minute. Anyway, my promo code is Big One O Five Nine. Okay, so. That's that's it. So okay, big one oh five nine. Thank you very much for the tickets. It was a great show. And all right. So let's get the score rundown. I believe the late the Maple Leafs were able to score a goal, so now it is two to one out in Boston. Uh, in the second period. The Orlando Magic and the Toronto Maple Leafs are are um no, wait, sorry. Freaking, no, not the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, I started the Raptors. I, I got mixed up with the two Toronto teams. Mike, by the way. So, um, anyways, they're up 20 points on the Magic, so I'm assuming that the Magic are not going to be playing more after this. So, sorry, Andrew. Um, yes, I am echoing that that we it, it's no longer there now. Um, my my call my call dropped. Okay, uh, so I had to turn it back on, but unfortunately, it defaults to my mic being active. The Sixers are up thirteen to nothing on the Nets, so it's likely the Nets will be out of the playoffs by tonight as well. You guys can go golfing together along with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I'm gonna keep doing this for the rest of the off season, dude. Bring it on, baby. Bring it <laughs> we got on. Coach Q. Things are gonna be great in Florida for the Panthers, at least. Uh, the Marlins are up three to one on the Indians, uh, and we've got a guy on first. So that, that, it's the eighth inning. The Braves and the Reds are tied three three one one between the D-backs and the Pirates four nothing for the Orioles. I don't know if Chris Davis got a hit. He did. He did. Holy crap! Chris Davis is now the MVP of the league. Um, He's been on. He has been on a tear since he got his first hit. Yeah. Uh, The Giants are up three to one in Toronto against the Blue Jays. Trying not to mix all the teams now. The Argonauts. They're against the Argonauts. Um, The Red Sox and the Tigers. Nothing. Nothing. But the bases are loaded for the Tigers right now. Four nothing for the Rays. The Rays continue their winning ways. Excellent. Playing the Royals out in Saint Petersburg. The Mets are up three nothing against the Phillies. The Cardinals are up one nothing against the Brewers out in Saint Louis. I guess we can go on to baseball because we are talking about baseball. We can yeah. go to the NBA after this, but that's because really the games aren't that compelling. There's a 20-point lead. There's a freaking 14-point lead. It's 634 in the first, and the Nets haven't even gotten a point. Seriously? Dear Lord. All right. I think the only game that's going to be good is that Spurs and Nuggets game out in Denver. 
<laughs> what is this football season? It's Canadian football, sir. Okay, I'm a I'm a huge Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan <laughs> because I watched Corner Gas a few, for a few seasons, actually all six seasons, and the movie and the cartoon show that they made, which I'm hoping gets a second season. But I digress. All right, baseball. <laughs> so um, I don't know what the standings are, but. Are, are these updated standings that we have on our sheet, or are these from... No, I think these are from last week. Uh, you have poor taste in football teams. My, <laughs> my team is... Uh, I believe... I, I forget what... I think it's the Argonauts. Um, because a, a friend of mine who used to be on the UCF football team plays for them right now. Troy Davis, if you want to look him up. Nice. Um, and I didn't know him as well, but there's another guy on the Argonauts, I think, that was a very good player for UCF. Um, honestly, I don't really care that much about pro football, but I'll follow them because my friend's on the team. Okay, so uh, what are the standings right now? I, I'm not sure. I know the Marlins are in last place. That's the only thing I know for sure, that we are still the worst team in baseball. But we fired a head coach, and that might have woken up some of the players. All right, so players of the week, though. Uh, Rays are still in first place in the in the AL East. Mm-hmm. Twins are in first place in the AL Central. Mariners are in first place in the AL West. Mets in first place in the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pirates in first place in the Central. Very happy uh, for Urinating Tree, I'm sure. And the Dodgers are in first place in the NL West. Okay. All right, so our players of the week this week, we have Joey Gallo. Out for the Texas Rangers, he uh, his week was really good. His first ever career Player of the Week award. He went eleven for twenty three with four home runs and eleven RBIs. So great week for him. And then, much to the chagrin of Marlins fans, his second Player of the Week for the season, his fourth in like the last two months of actual regular season play, Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers, who. Uh, Went 10 for 16, and out of those 10 hits, eight of them were home runs. Eight, 16 RBIs. And I think one of the home runs oh got a family a pup, uh, puppy. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. Pull, pull that up on the, on the screen. Actually. Show the, show the people, and um, they actually named the dog Yelly. Oh, no. Okay, so I'll try and pull it up on the screen. Which I assume is Christian Yelich's nickname. Yes, it is Christian Yelich's nickname. We called him that a lot back in the day. Uh, basically, what happened was this sniff. family went to a Brewers game. They held up sniff, the sign. Sniff, sniff. <laughs> the family held up a Puppy. sign. But the TLDR of it is this family went to a Brewers game. They held up a sign that said, if you hit a home, uh, to Yelich, if you hit a home run, we'll get a dog. Um, sure enough, he hit a home run. Um, and he actually. It is true. Wow. He actually oh, was the one who surprised. The, he arranged it with the, the parents. He was the one that actually gave them the dog in yeah. person. This is this is just awful for Marlins fans. He's making people's dreams come true. Uh, so this is people are already comparing this to the Miguel Cabrera trade as of right now. 
Yeah, the Milwaukee Yelichs at this point. As for those of you who don't know, Miguel Cabrera, future Hall of Famer right now for the Detroit Tigers, was with the Marlins in our 2003 World Series team. He was a he was rookie. brought up in, like, what, July? Yes, he was He was a rookie. He had a walk-off home run against the Devil Rays, and that basically cemented his... And gosh darn it, what is this thing like? Freaking ads. <laughs> Charles, take that off. Real Muto is playing like a fake Muto. What happened? Charles just commented. Uh, oh, yeah, no. JT Real Muto. We're actually winning that trade for, for finally with Jorge Alfaro for Real Muto, but... Maybe the pressure is getting to them. The Phillies are doing well. They're actually losing right now, so never mind. But actually, they're tied with the Mets for first in the NL. Yep. So they're they're all right. If he can get going, they'll be fine. I'm sure he just has to settle settle down a bit. But yeah, the the Miguel Cabrera was traded for garbage like um, Cameron Mabin and and freaking Andrew Miller. Of course, those two guys would eventually get World Series rings. So everybody lost that trade. Well, actually, everybody won that trade except the Marlins because uh, Andrew Miller went on to win a World Series ring elsewhere. Cameron Mayman won one with the Astros, and Miguel Cabrera at least got to play in a World Series, and yet the Marlins haven't made the playoffs since. So uh, what does Godzilla have to do with this? <laughs> okay. Um, all right. But the pieces the Marlins got for Yelich, uh, the main one so far, Lewis Brinson has struggled. They keep batting him eighth. So I don't know how you're going to get a, a soft or, or a young guy like that to do something in the eighth spot in the lineup. He needs to be sent down to AAA to work out his kinks because I'm sure the he's, That's he's, what she said. He's actually from South Florida, and he's the hometown guy and all that stuff. So I'm sure it's a huge amount of pressure knowing who he got traded for, knowing how good this guy is. So I guess they should just send him back down, but it might be uh, – but. It's kind of a long-term look at oh yeah the Mutos that's right in the in the latest Godzilla and the new one's coming out too I'm gonna watch that uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters get some freaking um, Rodan and and freaking King Ghidorah up in here uh, all right so exactly baby King Ghidorah um, all right long-term view the Marlins have some things working out in the minor leagues um, in their Double A AA and Triple A teams with the yellow trade so hopefully in two or three years that actually comes to fruition i'm trying to hope that it's kind of like when the marlins traded kevin brown in his prime for some prospects one of them ending up being Derek lee who contributed to our world series victory and turned out to be a pretty darn good first baseman but you know that's the way baseball is we just kind of we might actually lose this trade but um so far uh, the Ozuna trade is kind of working out for us, and as well as the Stanton trade, it's more of a long-term thing. I mean, John Carlos Stanton still hasn't even returned, right, Charles? No, he's not. But yet, everybody's injured on that team. We are yeah, at the unlucky thirteen. You have some injury bug going around. I think Aaron Judge just got injured. Yeah, um, oblique strain. Uh, Stanton's been injured. Uh, mm-hmm. Buddy, the Brooklyn Nets actually scored some points. Whoa! It's tw- it's twenty five to three now. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to make mention of that. Uh, how's the How's the Bruins game? Going? It's still two to one. Six forty left in the second, and the Magic have uh, recommenced and are still being rightfully spanked by the Raptors at this point. Okay. Um, I don't know anything else jumping out, you guys, in baseball. 
So it's kind of April. I got a few still. of them. Okay. What, what, what say you, Charles? All right. So I'm I'm gonna keep updating it. The Craig Crimbrel and uh, like a watch. Um, that's oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just weird to me because you have one starting caliber pitcher. We're not talking about like a guy's number one, but he's definitely a two three. And nothing's happening. I understand it's coming to money, but I, I don't think it's been this long unless he's just not passing like a physical or something of that nature. Um, especially since there's some injuries. I mean, hey, we don't have Luis Severino until July. And I, I, I just tell people, look, get him, wait till Severino comes back, decide who you want to move because AA Hap has been kind of hot garbage lately. His ERA for the season seven eight or seven point two. Now mind you for baseball fans and non-baseball fans, the idea is that, that ERAs get ballooned up in the beginning of the season, but he just hasn't you know, played well, so I'm more advocating for it. Um, for, for any kind of rebuilding team like the Marlins or if you have a team like, uh, like I'll give an example, like the Mets, who I think are they're in the lead for the NL East, but they'll probably fade out once Philly and Atlanta get their thing. Decide a guy. Trade him during, you know, right before the all-star deadline so you get some young prospects back to build your team even better. That's what I what said the Marlins should do. Maybe, yeah, maybe you, it costs your team $8 million of the season, whatever, because I don't know how they want to front-load that contract or what have you, but it, it's the ends justify the means um, coming to there. And then it, this has really been like the seasons of injury bugs, not – not just to starting pitchers, but also to a lot of other players coming in. As in the Yankees, the Red Sox, they just lost Nathan Evaldi, um, who is going to get some stuff cleaned out or scoped out from his elbow. So he's out for four weeks. So the idea is that this is why you don't listen to the predictions or you see those little power rankings before seasons. They mean nothing once the game's actually played. Everybody's body comes in. But I think also what's exciting for baseball fans is Shohei Tani is going to be uh, coming back in a couple months for position as designated hitter. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get kind of that momentum as a hitter because he won't be able to pitch at least for another season. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a few other guys out there. This is always interesting to me because I think if you want to have a big – because, you know, the rebuild is a Marlins idea. Teams are always kind of stuck in the middle and just now get into the left. might be something that go with the Rays. You look to retool or reload. So it's little moves like that, such as my by getting – Dallas Keiko and just flipping them. Or I'll give you an example. Josh Donaldson has a one-year contract with Atlanta. He homered at like two first at-bats in one game. He's getting that momentum going. There's going to be a lot of teams in the AL East who are like, hey, or not the AL East, but the AL in general, who are like, hey, we might need a designated hitter. Um, you know, and you can get some good prospects or maybe a utility player to actually put in the field. Uh, you know, do the stuff you need to do for July that you have to do in April. So that's my kind of like baseball talk. The standings don't mean it, anything really. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I mean, once once we get to the end of May, that's when we'll start seeing who really is. Like, are the Pirates really this good? Really, or, or, or you know, are the are the Cubs gonna kind of they're kind of five hundred right now? Can the Reds actually do something with all the trades that they made um, to try and get good? Um, and I mean, really, the only team that really isn't that surprising, the LA Dodgers in first, that that's to be expected. And um, are the Seattle Mariners really this for real? But the same thing happened last season. So who knows? And um, yeah, and well, the Rays were able to prove it last season that they were good. And let's see if they can sustain this sort of momentum. 
the joys of small sample sizes. That is correct. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else jump out for you guys for baseball? Not really. I mean, yeah. I think it's, it's a little too early to tell. Yeah, that's why I went with just the players of the week, just the standings. All right. Uh, actually, Andrew, what's going on with the Fulmer Cup? Uh-huh. It, it's NFL draft week, as we know, but yep. there's there's the guys who are still in college. What are they doing? Well, one second. Let me pull up my notes. Okay, so I guess I will do the disclaimer, as we always do. We are not the official podcast of the Fulmer Cup. The Fulmer Cup is a creation of the Reddit subreddit, College Football, RCFB. It is a competition of sorts. Uh, for college football teams in which fans tally up the score of the arrests for these college football programs. And at the end of it, we will have an off-season champion. So, Andrew, who's been naughty over the last week? Kind of slow couple of weeks. We've only had one new arrest, uh, and that is Hunter Risen, a wide receiver from Kansas State. Um, in the grand scheme of things, kind of a low tier arrest. It was uh, domestic battery. Um, there's been a lot worse, although that's, that's pretty bad. Um, but interestingly enough, we had our first coaching arrest. Juicy. Okay. Who is it? <laughs> His name is Otis Yelverton of Florida. Um, the Gators. The Gators. Oh, my nipples are hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I'm not even. I guess I. I, ha, I think that one's kind of obvious. Look, that's you what, started off the show with that's what the, she said. All right, so come on now. Yeah. So that's you what she set said. the tone for this show, yeah. Andrew. Uh, all so, right, we were talking about hot dogs and all kinds of stuff today. <laughs> so yeah, that's a definite. That's what she said, and I think that makes it four, maybe five. I'll have to go back in the, the uh, go back and review the tape for next week. Okay. Um. Anyway, he is the. Assistant Director of Player Personnel. Um, so uh, he was uh, he was arrested for aggravated stalking. Ooh, even juicier! Oh God! Um, this one was pretty bad. Oh, this is this is making me feel better about our terrible graphic design program at FSU, but Filthy. which we will see later on. Uh, this one was pretty bad. Um, Charles proudly my line of work. Um. <laughs> It was his ex-girlfriend, or his girlfriend broke up with him on April 14th. How old is this man? Or is, does it say? It doesn't say. Okay. Um, uh, but he's he seems like he's definitely, you know, above college age, 30s, maybe. <laughs> I, would, I would hope so. <laughs> well, look him up and, and tell me what you think. Um, uh, I'll but see anyway. If I can. Uh, he was arrested oh, out in Alachua County, which is where Gainesville is. Um, arrested actually yesterday, um, but his girlfriend broke up with him on April fourteenth. Um, he called, Facebook message, and text the girlfriend over forty times. Uh, many of those coming after sh- the she told him to what was this guy? Otis Yelverton. Um, many of the messages coming after she told him to stop calling her. Um, but here's where definitely it gets looks way older than college age. I have a photo <laughs> of him. 
That's okay. all I can guarantee. All right. Uh, but I don't know how old he actually is. But here's where it gets interesting. And I think this is what got him arrested. Um, he report- reportedly left a threatening voice message. Um, damn it, Charles. <laughs> He's 51 years old. Okay. Um, so he left a threatening voice message. Again, innocent until proven guilty. We as lawyers know that better than anyone. Um but he left a, allegedly reportedly left a Chuck's tomato. <laughs> he left a voice message on April 21st um, or he was arrested because he left a voice message telling the girlfriend he would blow up her car. Um, yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, so the one arrest for the K-State player um, and then Mr. Yelverton here. Uh, kind of a slow week, um, relatively speaking. But, uh, yeah, that's our former cup update for the week. Um, still, University of New Hampshire in the lead uh, with 20 points thanks to a group effort of four players who were arrested for felony riot due to a huge brawl that broke out at, at a uh, frat house. Okay. All right. So I'm happy. That's for <laughs> sure. It was a great week. It's a very great week. Uh, so but in family reunions, awkward. <laughs> All righty. Um, okay. So what's next? What is next? Because, Oh, well, actually, draft? Uh, uh, well, I'm not really ready to talk about the NFL draft. Actually, we should talk about it next week when it actually oh, happens because um, – but uh, I wanted to um, make a little segment here, uh, fun, to, a better know of my minor league team. And, guys, we're, I like it. we're, we're going to go to my favorite city in the world, <laughs> El Paso, Texas, baby. We're going to learn all about the El Paso Chihuahuas, all right? This is – what was that, Charles? I Chihuahua. Yeah, exactly. And I have a I have a, a a very large place in my heart for the Chihuahuas because I uh, I own a Chihuahua, um, and the dog that I had before uh, my my dear Luna was also a Chihuahua. So one of these days, I'm going to end up getting an El Paso Chihuahua's hat just because. All right, so uh, the El and I, I I remember at the airport I asked you if you wanted something and uh, you know you didn't choose to buy it then, but I'm sure you'll get something in the future. Yeah. All right, so the El Paso Chihuahua is based out of beautiful El Paso, Texas, one of the safest cities in America, by the way. Uh, they were established in 2014, so they are a fairly new franchise, but in actuality they're not. They actually date back all the way to 1903. Uh, if you look at their affiliation history, they used to be the Tucson Padres out in Tucson, Arizona. Before that, the Albuquerque Dukes, before the Isotopes got there. Well, wait a minute. What about Portland? They, oh, yeah, that's right. They were the Portland Beavers before that, and then Albuquerque, and then the Spokane Indians. There is currently a Spokane Indians, but it's not the same. Spokane. Spokane, Spokane. Sorry, our Washington viewers are going to kill you okay. over that one. All right. Uh, but they have a racist name, so whatever. Uh, and the And before that... They were the original Los Angeles Angels, the uh, minor league franchise that was there before the L.A. Dodgers moved. When the L.A. Dodgers moved from Brooklyn to Los Angeles, the L.A. Angels left. Uh, 
uh, I think were suspended and then reemerged as the Spokane Indians. <laughs> the LA Angels, well, the current Los Angeles Angels, uh, were created in 1961. And the Los Angeles Dodgers actually used the hat logo of the Los Angeles Angels for their current hat logo, their interlocking LA. Uh, the LA for the only difference between that one and the old one is that the A on the LA had a little halo on it. So the Dodgers current design is actually the LA angels, this original LA angels team. Ooh, we have a fright in the Boston Toronto game. There's a fight. Really? Yes, according to BU. Okay. Uh, I, I can see it there on the corner of the screen. So, uh, but it is the end of the second mm-hmm. and we are into the second intermission two to one. Bruins over the Leafs. Uh, holy crap! Are the Raptors destroying the Magic at this point? And so are the the Sixers. We won a game. I I'll I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, we made the city of Orlando happy that we had a bit of success. Uh, oh yeah, uh, an after period scrap. Okay, that was to be expected at this point after seven games and division rivals at this point um, and original six teams. All right. Um, the El Paso Chihuahuas are the current affiliation. They are currently affiliated with the San Diego Padres. They won the 2016 Pacific Coast League Championship, and um, they play out in beautiful Southwest University Park, which also opened in 2014. Holds about 7,500 to 10,000 people, depending on the event. Uh, voted the best ballpark when it opened in 2014, and they are hosting the Pacific Coast League All Star Game this year. So we all, we're going to go out to El Paso, Texas, and, and do a live <laughs> show from there, hopefully. Uh, hey, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for it, too. Their current mascot is named Chico, the Chihuahua, uh, which makes sense uh, out in uh, the border between U.S. and Mexico. And they don't really have that great of notable players being such a young franchise, but the one that I pulled up is uh, the beautiful Jeff Francoeur. If anyone wants to learn more about him, SB Nation did a great, uh, actually it was John Boyce. That's uh, John Boyce when he was still alive. <laughs> the one and only uh, did a great breakdown of, uh, I think he called him the best worst player in baseball history. Um, and that was just generally, that was a very good video. There's a lot of good videos. Jeff Francoeur has since retired since mm-hmm. 2017 is currently the Braves color analyst. Makes sense. He he came up with the Rays or Braves. Sorry, I've got the Rays on my mind. All right, so that is my uh, that is my better know a minor league team. Where I'm, it's a new segment I'm trying to do uh, to to know a bunch of these uh, baseball and basketball and and hockey minor league teams out there. There's about a you know hundreds of them at this point. So it's a little nice trip down there. Maybe you guys can suggest one. We can go down the rabbit hole of the, of these of these of these teams. Well, one that I'd like to, or a little note that I'd like to just put in for, about El Paso, um, the the Chihuahuas are the first team in El Paso mm-hmm. after the dissolution of the El Paso Diablos, um, which were mm-hmm. a double A team. And the reason I know them is they played in the Texas League. Uh, back when I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, and we're in the same league as my Tulsa Drillers. So I saw them play a couple of times, which was fun. Nice. Um, and they were most recently, uh, they were the Diamondbacks uh, minor league team. Okay. So that's my that's my two cents to put in about uh, the, the 
El Paso minor league. All right. So uh, that's El Paso Chihuahuas. We will try and have another team next week so you can learn more about their history and whatnot. Our, okay, boys. Um, we've got about 13 minutes left. So um, uh, all right. So um, I have a player I, we can remember to forget as well. Fine by me. Uh, we haven't done this segment in a while, actually. It's It's been a long while. So players we remember to forget. Are we go down memory lane, find a bunch of uh, old players, and we just go down the rabbit hole and figure out what the heck they're doing with their lives. <laughs> um, you don't, and we don't want a situation where the the Sacramento Kings uh, broadcast team forgot that Robert Tractor Trailer died a few years ago, and they were start, they were making fun of him. Mm-hmm. So uh, we try and you know respect these guys because you know it's nostalgia for a lot of these uh, for a lot of us. Um, so, uh, my guy is a player by the name of Glen Allen Hill. I don't know if you guys, if you guys uh, recall that name. I do, mm. although uh, I do. And actually, for the longest time, always get nostalgic and teary-eyed. Um, I'm sure <laughs> Charles knows him because he played for the Yanks. Um, I mostly remember him because I always thought his name was... Uh, I don't know, I... I I, I never realized it was Glen Allen. I always thought it was like Glen Allen or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I always mispronounce it. I don't remember what, but then I just, my mind was blown when I re- realized it was Glen Allen. Anyway. Okay. So Glen Allen Hill. Uh, Whoa, what the heck was that? I almost died. Um, <laughs> uh, Glen Allen Hill. He is currently the manager of the Albuquerque Isotopes of Simpsons fame. Or 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 vice versa, actually. And that's funny because you brought up uh, Albuquerque earlier with the Chihuahuas. Yes, the the Dukes were the previous team in Albuquerque. They left uh, for uh, was it Tucson or Portland, and then the Isotopes took their place. Uh, he won the World Series in 2000 with Charles's beloved New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. He hit 271 over his career, 186 home runs, 1,005 hits, and 586 RBIs. So a, a respectable career, I would say, especially with that World Series ring. I don't know what – did he have any impact or was he just one of those guys on the bench, Charles, just the depth um, guy? Just on his stats, he played mostly designated hitter, hit 16 home runs, and then was in postseason, played in four games against the Oakland A's, and was one for 12 with two runs batted in. So did nothing there, didn't do anything in ACLS. And against the Mets, he played in three games going for over three. So it was more of a ceremonious uh, ring that he got during the playoffs. I mean, 16 is not bad as a designated hitter when they were usually alternate like two, sometimes three, depending on who you have. I, I don't remember the complete roster in 2000, so get back to me on that. But, um, you know, he wasn't the most memorable person. He was more of a body. Okay, so just one of those guys at the end of the bench – very far away from our beloved savior, Derek Jeter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, one of the, I guess one of the interesting tidbits of his uh, of his career and his life was uh, uh, a certain spell he he spent on the on the well, what's it called? The IL now, right? It's the IL. It's no longer called the disabled list um, for I guess PC reasons, technical reasons, things like that. But now it's the injured list, as it's uh, called in Major League Baseball. Which is all right. Um, so in his early career, Glenn uh, Hill was forced to go on the DL 
after suffering injuries during a sleepwalking incident. He ha- he is an arachnophobe, so thus he is afraid of spiders. That sucks, man. He had a nightmare about being attacked by spiders and in the process went sleepwalking to try and get away from them. When he woke up, he had cuts all over his hands and feet due to walking across shards of broken glass from a table he knocked over and he also fell down a flight of stairs. His teammates afterwards started calling him Spider-Man. So, oh, God. Uh, that was in, I forgot what year. I think that was in the 90s when he was with either the Indians or the Cubs. He spent most of his career with the Chicago Cubs and uh, five seasons actually with the Cubs. And he retired in 2001 as a member of the Angels. And so, yeah, Glen Allen Hill. That's our, our player remember to forget. And I, I actually just found this. Um, I guess this goes along with the that's what she said of our episode. Our, our theme for this, right. for this um, 23rd episode. He used to be the manager of the minor league Modesto Nuts. <laughs> 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 Obviously, uh, we're, we're not talking about the colloquial term for a male body part. Um, but it's you know what it is. I think it was watching that comedy show. You know, (laughs) they were throwing out all these curse words and all that stuff. It kind of it kind of emboldened us to do that exactly. (laughs) Um, but their their mascot is a literal nut. It looks like almost like a um, I don't know. I guess an almond. Uh, actually, let me. I'm gonna look that up actually real quick. Um. I think. Have, oh yeah. Uh, well, actually, they have three. They have Al the almond, Wally the walnut, and Shelly the pistachio. Uh, but in term, it looks like the the almond is their official logo. So Modesto they, nuts. They actually have a, a walnut on there too. So they have the what, walnut, the almond, and the or the almond and the walnut. So kind of better, yeah. Better know a minor league team. They have, yeah, they have uh, a secondary logo up there. And yeah, okay. So go nuts. <laughs> uh, we could talk about them next week, actually, if we want. So yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do the nuts, nuts next. Week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they 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 look pretty out there. Um, very sure of themselves. <laughs> uh, very confident fellows. So I don't know. I don't think they're that modest. Okay, so we're coming out towards the end of the show. Six minutes remaining, ladies and gentlemen. Six minutes remaining, guys. Uh, We've talked about baseball. Um, We've talked about hockey. Uh, The the Raptors are about to put up triple digits on the Magic, and it's only the end of the third. And uh, Should we go to another fan opinion question? Sure, why not? I mean, we covered one. Um, We already talked about... Uh, okay, so first baseball game, guys. What was your first experience at a baseball game of any any sort of level whatsoever? I mean, we could go level by level as well, but, you know, minor leagues and major league baseball. Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, I don't remember my first game uh, since I was pretty young, but my family and I uh, would go to a lot of Tulsa Driller games. Um, and bear in mind, this was, I lived there from when I was born till I was nine. Were they single A? Double. Double A, okay. Uh, and still are. They used to be the Texas Rangers affiliate. Um, and a lot of very famous players went through there um, before my time. Uh, but uh, Sammy Sosa went through there. Mm-hmm. Pudge Rodriguez went through there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's the two that I remember off the top of my head. Uh, but the one that uh, really kind of stands out to me now is Fernando Tatis. Uh, his son is now um, a big league star, and I remembered seeing Tatis uh, back when he was the minors. Um, so my first baseball games were with with them, the Double A uh, Tulsa Drillers. My f- and my first major league game, I saw a lot of uh, spring training games when I lived in Orlando, uh, because back then there were uh, there were two teams in Orlando proper, uh, one in Kissimmee, or two technically in Kissimmee. Well, one in Lake Buena Vista was the Braves at uh, Wide World of Sports, mm-hmm. Disney. Uh, then in one in Kissimmee, which is the Houston Astros. Um, and then the Lakeland, uh, over in Lakeland, was the was and is the Detroit Tigers, and that's about an hour away from Orlando. Yeah, they're the Lakeland Flying Tigers now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, but my first major league game, regular season, I forget the date, but it was in 2007, May of 2007, between the Marlins, which I was a fan of at the time, and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Um, about a year later, I switched allegiances. But yeah, that was my first uh, major league game, and I actually won it, won the tickets from my uh, phys ed This teacher. man says he doesn't win things, and he's just talking about all the stuff that he's winning, you know? <laughs> you won stuff at the Panthers game. Uh, you won. No, 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 no. You. Okay, won well, the thing okay, yeah. I, I, I shot the, I was the game-winning goal. I was the, I was Bobby Orr, but, um, uh, but yeah, I won it uh, through. I was, I took phys ed uh, online with Florida Virtual School, and I won the contest uh, to get two tickets from the teacher who was a season ticket holder. Uh, so yeah, that was my first. That's my kind of my summary. Okay. How about you, Charles? 1998 spring training game, uh, Florida Marlins against the Cleveland Indians. Don't really remember much of it. I just know it was where I was living at that point when I was growing up, which was at Winter Haven. Um, I remember the gear that we got was those little uh, little hats that had Chief Wahoo on there. I guess they were selling both um, all apparels. It, 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 I don't really remember much. I don't remember what I saw. I just remember that particularly, and then the item that we got, which – my father kept, who doesn't really care for sports, but he loved free, or he loves like some free things. I think we went off of something, but that's when I was about eight, and it was an interesting experience because, you know, baseball or any sport when you like one team and you don't care for other teams can be kind of uh, great. But that's how I knew watching it. I was like, okay, I can at least watch the sport and be entertained if it's somebody that's not my team. And that's why I like going to live events every couple of years, whether it be baseball, basketball, you know, or even hockey. Okay, how about your first regular season game? Um, Yankees Rays 2010. I went with my sister, my ex girlfriend, a couple of friends. Uh, I got to see Mariano. I was like smitten like a kitten. Um, <laughs> we were there. It was A Rod trying to get uh, break the big number, um, trying to break the record, get home run number 700. And when he came, he was. He wasn't in the, in the starting you know, starting lineup until they were behind, so he comes up pinch hitter. And then that first pitch, I've never seen so many cameras just kind of light up, and you go blind there, so it was intense. Of course, he hit that home run several days later in Toronto, but it was, it was freaking awesome. Okay, so out in Tropicana Field then. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so two guys out in Tropicana Field. Well, my first game, uh, I, I, I think it might have been a Marlins game, but I don't remember anything of it. I don't remember the opponent. I just remember we went to the game at, at the, well, currently Hard Rock Stadium, home of the Miami Dolphins and the, the Miami Hurricanes. Um, but the first regular season game that I actually remember, and which is when I was starting to really, really get into baseball, was during 1998. During the, the home run race between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, we got tickets to see the Cubs one visit down here to, to Miami. Unfortunately, Sammy Sosa did not hit a home run that day, but I was a fan of his, and I got to see Sammy Sosa play in front of me, so that was great. I've seen him play. I saw Sammy Sosa play in front of me three times. Uh, uh, one of them in 2004, he hit a massive home run against Sancho Willis, and we left the game early because the Mars just getting spanked, and... You know, and then the other time in Boston, I uh, went to Fenway Park and they were facing the Texas Rangers and Sammy was there. He didn't hit a home run that day, though. But, yeah, I saw Sammy Sosa hit a home run at least. So that was a good, uh, nice thing to see in, in my life. Uh, so that was my first regular season game. Minor league, uh, I saw the old, Mon- uh, well, the old West Palm Beach Expos Ooh. when the Montreal Expos were still a thing. And. Uh, played out in West Go- old West Palm Beach Stadium, which has been torn down. is currently a Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our non-sponsor for this episode, folks. So Home Depot, um, that's what she said, is the promo code. <laughs> All right, boys, two hours. I think we're, we're good for the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting one. All right, so very interesting, very, very erotic. I enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks, everybody. This is Francisco and Andrew and Charles. Thank you to uh, uh, the guys who watch, BU, Mikey, and all all the gentlemen and ladies out there. Uh, Congratulations to the Raptors. (laughs) We're moving on to the next round and to the Sixers as well, just prematurely. We'll see what happens between the Bruins and the Leafs later on, and we'll talk about it next week. And yeah, that that's it, guys. So that's all. Take care. Good night, everyone. Eat a hot dog. <laughs>